you for joining us at Bangalore Revival Center. We are a church that's dreaming revival with God and serving people in love. It is our desire to equip you to represent Jesus and carry his great joy to the ends of the earth. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit dreamingrevival.com. Now, as you listen to the word, we believe that God will minister to you. Let's go into the first verse. This we studied last week. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, if we are convinced that God is for us, then who can be against us? You know, the foundation of all of our victories is in this one fact that we have this deep conviction that God is for us, not that He is against us. You know, in church, we have become a master in telling people how much God doesn't like people, how much God is against them. But I'm going to keep banging this on your head again and again that this season God says that He is for you. He is on your side. He, he is fighting for you. Whatever He's doing, He is he is by your side. He is saying that when I'm on your side, when I'm working for you, is there anybody, is there any name, is there any nation, is there any people that can stand against you? So we have to, we have to thank God because He is on our side. He is on our side. We come to celebrate the fact that God is on our side. The next verse, verse 32, He says it like this. He, everybody say He. You know, when we say he, we are talking about God the Father here. Because the previous verse, we, we read about how God is for us. And right now, the Bible says, God the Father, he who did not spare his own, what's his name? Come on. You, you, you got to have a little more energy when you speak that name. If it's your name, you can be shy about it. If it's your church name, you can be shy about it. If it's your boyfriend, girlfriend name, you can be even more shy about it. But this is a name which deserves more worship, more worth. Amen. What is the name of this son of the father? The Bible says he who did not spare his own son, Jesus. What did he do? He gave him up for us all. How will he not along with Jesus graciously give us all things? Now the second part of this verse, we're going to continue and we're going to study the next Sunday. But today, I want to talk to you about the gift of Jesus. The gift that we have in Christ Jesus. You know, if you and I have to walk victorious lives, if we have to experience this concept of being more than conquerors, it is possible only and only through a deep personal relationship with Jesus. And sometimes we think that a personal relationship with Jesus is all about, you know, signing up on a form or getting baptized or joining a church or, or, you know, tithing or doing all the things that Christians usually do. But that's not what it is all about. We're going to study that today. Are you ready? Yeah. This is not just for new believers. This is for every child of God who wants to walk victoriously, who wants to experience this amazing victory that God has in store for you. Let's go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12 and verse 1. The Bible says, you know, we have a rule in the house. Whenever we have a scripture on the screen, we 
read it out together. You know, it's very uncomfortable for me to do this. I prefer going random. You know, if you have ever seen me preach in a conference, I don't do this. I don't ever prepare slides. But I do that here because I want you all to learn and read these scriptures along with me. Okay? So let's do it. One, two, three, go. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. We'll pause there. It's talking about uh, a huge crowd of witnesses. You know, when it says, therefore, we always ought to pause and rewind and go back and read what for, you know, what is the context to it. And if you read Hebrews chapter 11, you will find the names of all the saints that walked with God by faith. Beginning from Abel all the way to the end of Old Testament and how people walked with God by faith. And, and the Bible talks about how anybody that comes to God has to believe that he exists and has to uh, trust in him. And that is how they will be able to walk with God. And then it says, therefore, since now that we are surrounded by a people group that have walked with God by faith. That's the first thing that I want to bring to your point this morning. If you want to have a relationship with Jesus, if you want to grow in your relationship with Jesus, if you want to thrive in your relationship with Jesus, who you are surrounded by is very important. You cannot be surrounded by people that are full of fear and expect that you will be full of faith. I'm not saying you have to be isolated from the world, that you have to live lonely by yourself, don't talk to anybody unholy, un unworthy. No, that's not what I'm talking about. It's necessary that even when we are in this world, even when we are part of this world, even when we are working and living and, and doing our business and working and doing all those things in this world, that we still be surrounded by a crowd of witnesses who have lived or who know how to live by faith. Surround yourself with people that believe in the Lord. Surround yourself with people that trust in God. Surround yourself with people that are constantly pursuing the heart of God. It's impossible that you are constantly hanging out with people that are, you know, cribbing about what they don't have, complaining about all their, all their situations and complaining about everything on the news and complaining about their job and complaining about their office and complaining about everything in life and then you will end up being a worshipper. Before you know, you will also start, you know, being one of those complainers. You know, if you read the story of how these uh, Israelites began to murmur, have you read this? They, it's not that the whole two million people woke up one morning and they, they, they decided that they're going to murmur. No, that's not how it was. There were people among that group who were not Israelites. They were strangers from Egypt. They were, they were not, not all of them were Egyptians, but there were people who were not necessarily Israelites. When they saw the hand of God over Israel, they said, we have to go wherever they go. So they joined this people group. And in this people group, they started complaining when they did not have everything that they thought they will have. And because one person started complaining, 
His neighbors started complaining. The other neighbors started complaining. And before you know, two million people are complaining. And before you know, fire is falling from heaven. Before you know, snakes are creeping in and attacking this people group that God had selected and chosen for himself. My question to you this morning is, who are you surrounded by? Who are surrounding you? Are you surrounded by people that trust in Jesus? Are you surrounded by people that walk with Jesus? If no, what shift, what area of your life can you bring in a change? Can you bring in a shift to, to, to displace some people? I'm not saying you disconnect with people, but you displace them. You say, hey, hey, I will love you. I will be there for you, but you don't deserve to influence me. You don't deserve to be the one surrounding me. You can be at a distance. I will love you at a distance. I will help you whenever you need me. We can always hang out when we have to, but you will not be the voice that is surrounding me. I need a voice. I need a wall of faith that is surrounding me. That is the kind of people that God is looking for in this church. Let's read it once again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Verse 1 continued. It says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Okay, so this is what Paul is trying to say, or the writer of Hebrews, whoever it is, is saying, he's saying, hey, you want to experience Jesus? This is very important. You'll be surrounded by the right kind of people. And it's not enough that you'll be surrounded by the right kind of people. The whole purpose of being surrounded by these right kind of people is that you have a safe environment to strip yourself, to take off everything that is slowing you down. Everything that is causing an offense, everything that is causing you to trip up, everything that is causing you to fall down. You know, the thing with us human beings is when we find something ugly about us, we want to leave, we want to stay away from people, right? Am I right? If you just notice there is a stain on your clothes, what would you do? Will you come up on the stage or will you run to the bathroom? Yeah, you want to go settle that stain and then come and present yourself to everybody else. Am I right? But here it says, no, no, that's not how it works in the kingdom of God, in the church. If you want to sort out your issues, you come inside the cloud, inside that crowd of people that walk with God, people that have a relationship with God. You get surrounded by people and in the presence of all of them, you strip off your old habits in the presence be vulnerable be open about your struggles and and it says especially the sin that so easily trips us up which means there are several things that slows us but one of the main things that slows us down is our sin one of the main things that stops us from experiencing jesus is our habits that that dishonor god that 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 you know bring dishonor to the name of Jesus, that this bring dishonor to the person of Jesus who is living inside of us. So the Bible says, first, surround yourself with the right people group. Second, in that safe space, you, you strip yourself off of everything that, that slows you down, that, that is trying to, you know, take away what God had planned you for, God had planned for you. 
Amen. See, I'm telling you this. The world has told us that sin is not a big deal. Even the church has sometimes told us that sin is not a big deal. I'm telling you, for God, sin is a big deal. That is why he sent Jesus to this earth. It's not because he wanted, you know, you to just have a nice new religion called Christianity that he sent Jesus. Sin was the primary reason that God said, I can't, I can't handle this problem with angels. You know, I can't handle this problem with, with gold from heaven. I cannot handle this problem with, you know, just the, the, the basic things that I would do for other things. This problem can be sorted out, can be solved only and only by my son Jesus. And he gave his son Jesus to sort out the problem of sin. That's a very, very serious problem. And it is something that if you try to sort out on your own, you try and be your own savior, you will miserably fail. I have failed a thousand times, 10,000 times. I can tell you stories after stories of resolutions, New Year resolutions and, and, and decisions that I've made and not been able to keep any of it because I did not trust in Jesus, because I tried to trust in my own self. Is there anybody in this place that is struggling with any kind of sin that you're, 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 you're ashamed about? It's okay. You are in a good community. You don't necessarily have to tell it to everybody, but you can go and seek counsel. You can go and seek help and say, hey, you know what? I, I need help for this, this area. I need, I need exposure in this one area. Can you please help me? I want to grow in this one area. Amen? The next line of the same verse, it says, and, everybody say, and, let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. What is the first thing? We have to be surrounded. Second thing, we have to strip off every weight that slows us down. And third, after you have stripped yourself off of all of those weights, then you run. Because... Without that, your running will be such a painful process. See, every Sunday morning, when you come here, we, are, we don't come here to run. We come here to strip off our old habits, strip off. Some of it may not necessarily be sin, but still, it may be things that slow you down. We come here to strip off. And then when we walk out into the world, we are called to run from Sunday afternoon, 1 p.m., to the next Sunday morning, 11 a.m., when you come back to church, you are called to run with endurance the race that God has set before you. Look at your neighbor and say, there is a race that is set before you. Look at your other neighbor and say, there is a race for you too. Make sure. See, this is the thing. We live our life for just satisfying our own plans and desires and stuff but the lord says no there is a race it is not it, it is not necessarily a competition but it is a race that's why paul said i have finished the race i have fought the good fight i have reached the end and i know that the crown of glory is waiting for me when i cross the other side amen so the lord is saying surround yourself with good people that believe in the Lord, that trust in the Lord, and then strip yourself off of everything that is heavy on you. And third, intentionally run the race. 
don't drag yourself in the race don't complain about the race don't you know don't look at look at your problems in life as a race that you have to win how would your perspective change if you walk out of here and say wait i'm in a race i need to make this i need to make every second count i need to make every word that comes out of my mouth count i need to make every worship song that i sing this week count i need to make sure that every rupee that i spend this week will count and will add to the race that god has put me into that i'm not i'm not living this day this week ed this is not a rehearsal this is not a practice run this is my real race that i'm in this week and i'm going to run it with endurance amen the next verse verse 2 the writer says we do this by keeping our eyes on jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith that is my point of preaching this morning do you know the title of this morning's word the gift of come on i told you that whenever we say that name we say it in a better a little more stylish and a little more powerful you know put all your breath behind it and 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 do everything possible to scream that name every time we say it. the gift of jesus amen, amen amen and it says we do this what did what do we do we surround ourselves with the right people and then we we strip off our weights and then we run this race how by keeping our eyes on jesus why 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 somebody answer why come on why should we set our eyes on jesus come on now it's on the screen it, the, the verse is right there why because jesus he is the champion and he is the one who initiates and he is the one who perfects and he is the one who leads you into your destiny so you have to run this race keeping your eyes fixed not on the price but on jesus not on the crowns but on jesus because jesus is greater than the rewards and the and the blessings and the breakthroughs and everything jesus is the ultimate reward jesus is the ultimate price and the bible says this is how you live your life you fix your eyes on jesus see if you have to be victorious you have to make a guy who is a champion in whatever field you're playing your sports as your role model am i right if you are in the cricket what do you who is your who will be your role model sorry dhoni yes absolutely you got my heart there yes if you're in football who will be your role model okay before we start fighting okay yes yes joel see messi if if you're if you're into you know whatever sports you play see if you're if you're into programming you will still have your role models there right if you want to develop the best software in the whole world pastor robin will be a role model okay awesome i like that fact you know by the way our our app the 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 pastor shaiju's app with all his sermons are coming up very soon uh, pastor robin's working really hard to make sure it comes up soon 
it's approved already we just have to put up all the content and publish so make sure to keep troubling him and encouraging him till the app comes out okay amen what was i talking about role models if you have to be victorious in a particular area you have to find a person who has done it better than you have and i'm telling you the best person who has who has surrounded himself with the right people and has stripped off every weight and has run that race perfectly well he is the champion he is the one who initiates and perfects our faith and his name is somebody scream Jesus. and the bible says you fix your eyes on Jesus. you you have to come to that place where you take your eyes off of yourself take your eyes off of the people around you they're going to be surrounding you your pastor will surround you your church will surround you your your spiritual physical family they will surround you but you don't fix your eyes on them because if you fix your eyes on them in two days you will be disappointed am i right anybody who has been disappointed by people it's because if you fix their eyes on the wrong things the bible says you have to be surrounded by them but you still keep your eyes fixed on jesus we have to experience this lifestyle of being more than conquerors we need a champion we cannot be led by a duplicate of that champion we have, we need the original guy to lead us to to for us to follow it says fix your eyes on jesus fix your eyes on jesus you know whatever you fix your eyes on is who you will worship is what will become your delight is what you will begin to dream about have you had those times when you have you've been browsing about the latest phones on your phone the whole day and that night your dream was about how somebody came and gave you the latest iphone no okay this is my exclusive experience that has happened to me i don't know what you guys dream about but you know our kids you know sometimes we we ask them in the morning what did you dream about and it's so hilarious to hear some of their dreams and how some things that they have been exposed to in the previous days becomes their ultimate dream and i pray and i believe that this season our dreams will be saturated by Jesus our, our thought lives will be saturated by Jesus there are our conversations will be saturated by Jesus there are there are our, our when we go online to browse or search for something it will be a desire to know Jesus better when we when we open our bibles to read it will not just be to preach another sermon or to do something else but to have a, a deeper personal relationship with Jesus to have a better understanding a, a, a different revelation of who Jesus is may that become our lifestyle this week church may that become our lifestyle if you and I have to walk in victory then we have to walk in perpetual revelation of who Jesus is can I repeat that once again and, and have you repeat with me if you and I have to walk in victory then we need a perpetual revelation of Jesus if you and I need to constantly experience victory then we need to constantly 
see Jesus. Have a revelation of Jesus. Because he is the champion who initiates. He is the champion who perfects us. He is the champion who, who, is, who is ordaining every area of our lives. We have to have our eyes fixed on Jesus. Amen. The next line in the same scripture, it says, because of the joy awaiting him, who? Jesus. Because of the joy that was waiting for Jesus, he endured the cross. Now, we're getting a little description about our champion. You want to read this? Or should I just go to the next point? You want to read this? You want to know a little bit more about Jesus? Okay, let's read it. It says, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross disregarding its shame. This is, this is the thing. Wait a minute. It says that when he was on the cross, he looked forward to something else. There was a joy that was awaiting him. In Isaiah, it says that he saw, he saw his children, the multitude of children that he would have. He saw it. In other words, he saw you and me. You and I were the joy awaiting him when he was on the cross. And the Bible says, because of the joy awaiting him, because he saw your face and my face, because he, he, he loved the sight of you worshiping God, because he loved the sight of you living in freedom, the Bible says, he endured the cross. Endured. It was not easy, but he endured it. He he stayed. He, it says he disregarded its shame. Was it shameful? Yes, in every way. Politically, physically, emotionally, you know, materially, in every possible way. Relationally, his own best friends, you know, ran away. Can you imagine how that feels like? Nobody on his side, an entire nation saying he is useless, worthless, sinner blasphemer, all these names. And the Bible says he disregarded its shame because he was looking at another thing. He was looking at something more beautiful. Now, my question to you is this. I know that in life, you and I, we struggle, right? We have our challenges. We have things that we struggle with. It could be people, it could be habits, it could be circumstances. My question is, are you, is there something that you're looking forward to is your eyes fixed on the right person? Is your eyes fixed on the right personality? If you, if you are fixed on Jesus, then you will learn to disregard the shame of your current circumstances. You learn to disregard the shame of what people say about you. You learn to disregard. Why? Because it's the joy that is awaiting you that matters more than the shame of your current circumstances. It is the, it's the glory that you're called into that matters more than the mess that you are in right now. It is the beauty that is in store for you than the ashes that you're surrounded by that matters more. Is there anybody in this place whose eyes are fixed on Jesus, the greatest joy giver? That's how Jesus overcame the cross. Says it was very hard for him but because of the joy that was awaiting him, because of what was coming after the cross, he endured the cross and he disregarded its shame. And the Bible says, now, everybody says scream now. now. 
he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Is there anybody in this place who is going through shameful situations? Let me tell you, your days of honor are right around the corner. Is there anybody in this place that is struggling? That is being looked down upon, that is being rejected, that is being talked low about, that is being talked bad about. Let me tell you this, there is a time that will come when you will sit in a place of honor. If you are willing to disregard the shame of your current circumstances, the Lord says, I am going to bring you to a place of honor. Why? Not because you are a member of this church, not because, of, because you are a child of God, but if your eyes are fixed on Jesus. If your eyes are fixed on the champion, the initiator and the perfecter of our faith. If your eyes are fixed on him, I'm telling you, you and I are going to experience divine honor in this season. Amen. Let me prophesy this over you, okay? This next one month, what date is it today? It's 15th of April, 15th of March, till the 15th of April will be a, a season when unprecedented, unexpected honor will come by you. Will come searching for you. Will come looking for you. Will come in different areas of your life. It will come looking for you. You will not run after honor, but honor will run after you. My Jesus was rejected. My Jesus was dishonored so that you and I can receive the honor that we we don't have the right and the access to. It's coming to you in the mighty name of Jesus. The next one month, the next one month, when that happens, make sure to come and share your testimony. When that happens, make sure to be, become public about it. Because the little things that God has given you, if it has to multiply, you have to be faithful and you have to be thankful about the little things that you've received from God. Amen. Go to the next verse. The Bible says, Think. Everybody say think. think. Loudly. Think. think. So, the first thing that it, the Bible says is surround yourself with the right kind of people. Strip yourself of all heavy weights. Third, run with endurance. And we do this by keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. Disregard your shame and press on to the goal, the joy that is awaiting you. And it says, think, think, think. Everybody say think. Look at your neighbor and say, think. It's not enough that we become emotional about this. It's necessary that we renew our mind. The Bible says, think of all the hostility that he endured. That is why so when walking through life, we need to have our eyes fixed on the cross. If you and I need to experience perpetual victory, then we need to have our eyes and the thoughts of our mind fixed on Jesus what Jesus experienced it says think of all the hostility that he endured from sinful people then what will happen to you you won't become weary and give up are you feeling weary from the last one week do you feel like giving up on your relationships on your career on your choices and things that you want to do the Bible says here is the solution think of the hostility that Jesus endured. You know why our problems look so big to us? Because we are thinking only about ourselves. We are meditating on our challenges. We are meditating on what we have lost. We are meditating on how things have been bad for us. 
we are thinking about me myself my family my church my ministry my money my bank account that's what we are always constantly thinking about but may this be a season when you will begin to think about something else start to think of the hostility that he endured come on family think of the hostility that he endured when you think about the hostility that he endured you will have the grace to stop you from becoming weary the grace to not let you give up the grace to to help you sustain your race sustain your pursuit of jesus amen the next verse it says in verse 4 after all you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin you know sin is the ultimate enemy right bigger than your money problem like i told you like we began talking about the ultimate problem in this world is sin but here is jesus who had to give his life in his battle against sin you and i we haven't reached that place where we have lost our life anybody who's lost your life are you sure you're alive this morning let everything that has breath amen and if you are alive then you have not endured as much as jesus has endured because jesus the hostility that he endured it led him to death it let me tell you this it was not the the physical pain these people did not kill him romans didn't kill him the jews did not kill jesus jesus got killed by the weight of the pain and the sin the, the sicknesses all the struggles that we were to endure it was upon him it was laid upon him the weight of that is what killed him it says hey that struggle we have not reached that place of struggle where we've had to die because of the hostility amen but jesus actually died in his struggle against sin that is why this morning everybody scream fits your eyes on that's why we have to run this race by keeping our gaze fixed on Jesus. So that's the number one point for this morning. Okay? We have to learn to fix our eyes on Jesus. Don't focus on yourself. Don't think about your circumstances. Fix on Jesus. Amen? That will give you the grace to not be weary. Let's go to the next verse. This is Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. I know that Pastor Jean mentioned this during the Wednesday night service. So I'm not going to go into detail, but I'm still going to read it out, okay? Jesus said, read it with me. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And what will I do? I will give you rest. Jesus says, I know that some of you are here. You have fixed your eyes on me and still you feel weary still you you know you feel like giving up jesus says it's not enough that you fix your eyes on me it's necessary that you come near to me it's necessary that you draw near to me come near come near from afar off i can't help you if you're just looking at me from a far off distance i mean everybody can watch what is happening here through live stream or through youtube sermons later on or through you know different mediums people can always have a taste of what we do here in church but for you to be able to experience an impartation in a, in a, in a, in a very personal and a deep level you have to be here 
You have to come and receive. Somebody comes, lays hands on you, somebody points a finger at you, and somebody starts prophesying to you, and, and, and it becomes very personal to you. It's not, it's not something very distant. Am I right? And that's what Jesus says. He says, I know that you've fixed your eyes on me, and you're still feeling weary, and you're ready to give up your life, and you're ready to give up your circumstances. Jesus says, no, you're still far off. Come near. Come to me. Because when you come to me, there will be a divine transfer. Your burdens come on my shoulders and I am going to give you what I carry on my life. The first thing that Jesus says I will give you when you come near to me is that he will give you rest. If you're not in a place of rest, then you're still far away from God. If you're not in a place of perpetual rest, then you're not near Jesus. Because as we go through life, we tend to drift away. You know, a ship that is not traveling in any particular direction, if it is on water, you know what happens? It begins to drift away. That is why it needs an anchor. It needs to be anchored in a particular place. Otherwise, you'll be parked in Bangalore. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, you'll be in Chennai. You'll not be in the same place where you parked your boat because the water is constantly moving. And that's how our lives are. We, we think that because I pursued God for one day, one whole night of fasting and praying, I don't have to pray for the next 30 days. That's not how it works, bro. You have, to, you have to stay close on a daily basis. Every morning, Jesus would climb the mountain. Every evening, he would go into lonely places. Sometimes all through the night. Sometimes in a, in a very busy schedule, Jesus would take time to go and spend time with his father because he learned the secret of his rest. It was not in the eight hour of sleep on his nice mattress. It was his personal time with the father. If you and I can learn to come to Jesus, come to Jesus, it's not enough that we gaze at him. It is not enough that we worship him from a far off distance. It is necessary that we come close, come near, draw near to him. What is stopping you from drawing near to Jesus? What is stopping you from drawing? Is it your schedule? Is it your busyness? Is it your, you know, do you feel you are too dirty for this? It doesn't matter. Jesus says, just come. I will give you rest. I'm going to take away your heavy burdens. The next verse, it says in verse 29, he says, I'm going to take your burdens and I'm going to give you my yoke. It says, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you. Let me teach you. See, from a far off distance, you can just see and admire my ways. Like for example, there are many people that follow me online and that follow us, our ministry and they, they're learning and they're growing. Okay, they're, they're doing really well and they write to us saying how they are blessed with our ministry. But the way that somebody that is walking closely with me has access because they I give them feedback when they don't do something right when they don't say something when they say something that is wrong theology I correct them I tell them hey you know what I that's not how you say it but I will not do that to that guy that is following me online amen so it's not enough that you look at Jesus it's necessary that you come close to Jesus because when you come close to Jesus he says I'm gonna put my yoke upon you and then I'm going to teach you I'm going to teach you how to become this champion that I am. 
I'm going to teach you. I'm going to mentor you. I'm going to put my hands upon you. I'm going to put my directions into your life. Every time you sit down to pray, I'm going to give you individual personal directions, personal next steps, what to do, what not to do. I'm going to tell you those things if you draw near, if you come close. And Jesus says, because I am humble and I'm gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. I like what Pastor Jean said. You know, some, somebody who is proud and arrogant, you don't want to necessarily learn from them, right? But here is Jesus who says, I'm humble and I'm gentle at heart. If you come to me, I'm not going to be rude with you. I'm not going to be rash with you. I'm not going to put you down. I'm not going to discourage you. I am going to teach you in a nice, humble and a gentle manner. How many of you would like a teacher like that? How many of you would like a pastor like that? Sometimes, you know, when you're in the thick, in the middle of all work, I say some things and, you know, sometimes it becomes hurtful because you're going in that mode of work and somebody slows you down. You know, I say some things and then I'm like, shish, I should not have said that. But Jesus is somebody who is humble and he's gentle at heart. The way that he teaches us, it will help us, it will edify us, it will bless us. Amen? Doesn't matter how heavy your load is, come to Jesus. Come and spend time with Jesus. Because this is the secret to victory. This is the secret to more than conquerors. This is the secret to perpetual growth in the Lord. The next line, it says... For my yoke is easy to bear and my burden, the burden that I give you is light. We'll talk about that yoke and that burden in a while. Go to the next line. He says, this is another portion. It's, uh, it is Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. He said, if any of you want to be my follower, this is what you should do. You must give up your own way take up your cross and follow me you may say pastor you said you just mentioned that there is no more heavy burdens and weariness but jesus didn't say hey i'll take away your heavy burdens and you will you'll enjoy your life he said no give me your burdens and take my burden upon you because my burden is light and my yoke is easy to bear and here it says if any of you want to be my follower, this is the first thing you need to do. You must give up your own way and take up your cross. What is this cross? It is the burdens that God gives us. It is the yoke that He has laid upon us. And we think what we are experiencing in life, the race that is ahead of us, it's so difficult to run. It is not. If you compare what you have to experience with what He had to experience, this is nothing. None of us have lost our lives in this pursuit, right? But he lost his life to carry that cross. That cross literally, physically killed him. But this cross that we carry, it doesn't kill us. It is easy to bear because we have a champion that we are looking at. Because we have a champion who is teaching us how to bear this cross. Because we have a champion who has already carried his cross and walked ahead of us. Because we have a champion that we can now follow. The first thing that we have to do is that we have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Because that is where we will learn to worship Him. The second thing we need to do is we need to come to Him. That is where we will learn to pray and grow in our intimacy with Him. The third thing and even more important is our 
desire and decision to follow him that is where we will learn to obey him that is where we will learn to increase in our obedience of his voice his plans in our life and the bible says if you want to obey him you have to give up your own way you cannot do what you want to do and follow what god wants you to follow you cannot you cannot try to you know can you imagine how funny you would look if one of your leg wants to go to kfc the other leg wants to go to burger king both are on the other ends of the road <laughs> you know you're standing at kamnali signal and kfc is here and burger king is there but one leg wants to go to kfc and another leg wants to go to unless one leg gives up you will neither eat burger king you will neither eat kfc am i making you hungry this morning yeah. yes good job prajivagis <laughs> you know the bible says if you have to follow jesus you have to let go let go let go off of your own way let go of your way of doing things let go of your way of you know whatever it is that you are you're you're struggling to submit to god just let go of those things and pick up your cross take up your cross and follow him take up the yoke that he has given you take up the assignments that he has given you take up the burden you may feel that it is really huge it is not he says if jesus says it is easy to bear and you say no it is very heavy to bear who should i believe let me let me talk about jesus the bible says jesus himself was not pleasant enough for people to look at do you know that your bible says that the jesus that we have seen is this supermodel you know in the in the tv series and the movies and everything but that's not what the bible says the bible says his face was so disfigured by the end of the day by the time he was done with his cross that nobody wanted to look at him nobody wanted to have nobody wanted to even glance at him that's what the bible says in the book of isaiah chapter 53 we'll study that in detail during good friday that is that is the cross that he bore what you and i have to bear is not a big cross you have you and i we have to this morning believe that what you and i are going through is not a big problem it is not what jesus went through is the cross what you and i carry is not the same cross that jesus carried our burdens it is easy to bear and it is light amen and if we will if we will give up our way and take up our cross and we will follow him this is what the bible says give me the next verse it says if you try to hang on to your life you remember that one leg trying to go to kfc if you try to hang on to your life you lose kfc but if you give up your life if you give up your desire to eat kfc it says you may even get kfc at the end of the day that's what it says read it again okay it says if you try to hang on to what you want to do with your life you will lose it but if you give up your life for my sake you will in fact save it the next line verse 26 and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world and you lose your own soul is anything worth more than your soul in other words if you fail to follow jesus 
your gazing at Jesus is pointless. Your prayer life, your coming to Jesus is pointless. All your tithing, giving offering, all of it is pointless if you fail to follow Jesus. If you fail to obey Him. If you fail to walk in the ways that He walked. If you fail here, we've lost it all. Is there anything more valuable than losing our own soul? The next line, it says, For the Son of Man will come with His angels to the angels in the glory of His Father, and He will judge all people according to their deeds. It doesn't say according to their church membership, but according to their deeds. What is our deeds? Our deeds are our deeds of obedience, with which we do when we follow Him, when we walk in His ways, when we go after Him. He will judge us according to our deeds. Amen? The next line, verse 28. It says, And I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. Now let me ask you this. Who are the ones that were standing there? The disciples and multitudes of people that were with Jesus at that time. Do you think any of them are alive today? Wrong answer. They're all alive. They are in the crowd of witnesses today for us. They are surrounding us, the Bible says. These, they are part of the crowd of witnesses because anybody that has put, put their faith in Jesus, they never die. Their bodies may decay, but they never die. They never die. No other religion, no other organization, no other religious teacher gave you such surety that if you put your faith in me, you will have eternal life. Every religion says, if you do your best, probably there is a good percentage of chance that you will get eternity. But Jesus is the only one that said, hey, no, you, you walk with me, you follow me, you will have life. You will experience life. You walk in my ways, you let go of your life and you follow me, you will have life. A hundred percent guarantee. Amen. So what are the three things that we learned today? Come on, give me the next slide. Look to Him, come to Him, and follow Him. Come on, scream it out once again. We have to look to Him because looking to Him is worshipping Him. Coming to Him is growing in our intimacy and praying. Amen? Growing in our prayer. And following Him is living a life of obedience. The ultimate gift that God gave to this world is the gift of Jesus. And when we go through battles, we need Jesus on our side. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. We need to come to Jesus. And we need to learn to follow Jesus. Only then and only then we will experience full victory. The David... Uh, you know, the, the psalmist, David, he, he was going through a troubled situation in life. At that time, he decided to fix his eyes on Jesus. He did not have the privilege to draw near to Jesus because he was in the Old Testament. He didn't have the privilege of following Jesus because Jesus had not yet walked on this earth. But he still fixed his eyes on Jesus. And he wrote this particular psalm. Can we read it out? This is Psalm 110, verse 1. By the way, those of you who are regularly being part of anchor groups, I'm telling you, the book of Psalms has so many lessons in it. Make sure to learn and grow in your anchor groups wherever you are. 
join one of the anchor groups. We have three anchor groups. I think we have reached towards the second half of this book. So learn as much as possible in this season from the book of Psalms. The Bible says, the Lord said to my Lord. There is two Lords in this verse, right? Right? Yes, no, maybe, maybe not. The verse that we began with also had two personalities. It says, he sent his son, right? The Lord is God, the Father is also the Lord. God the Son is also the Lord. God the Holy Spirit is also the Lord. And here, it's talking about God the Father saying to God the Son. And it says, Father said to the Son, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Do you remember... Jesus, the Bible says, after enduring the cross, disregarding its shame, right now he is seated in a place of honor. You remember that? We read that in Hebrews chapter 12. And the psalmist, the psalmist David, he is looking at something that will happen hundreds of years later. He is seeing into the future. And he says, the father said to the son Jesus, sit here at my right hand. Sit here until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Why am I telling you all this? Because you want a better revelation of who Jesus is. Because if you see Jesus, you will experience what Jesus experienced. Is everything that Jesus experienced, everything that Jesus won, he did it for you and me. He did not do it for himself. All this victory, it's not for himself. It's for you and me. It's for the church. Just like the son jesus is seated on the right hand of the father you and i the bride of jesus we are seated on the right hand of jesus because we are his bride come on now talk to me am i right when i say this and the bible says the father is telling jesus you just stay seated here you just stay still until i make all your enemies a footstool under your feet Coronavirus is a footstool under the feet of Jesus. <laughs> I didn't want to mention that name, but I, I have to because the Bible mentions the enemy. Amen. It's a footstool. It's a footstool. It's something that Jesus stamps upon. Amen. Verse 2, it says, The Lord will extend your powerful kingdom from Jerusalem. You will rule over your enemies. You know, the Jerusalem is the church. Did you know that? The Jerusalem and the Old Testament is the church in the New Testament. The Bible talks about how the new Jerusalem will come down from heaven dressed like a pure bride. Amen. And that is the church. And the Bible says the Lord's kingdom will extend from the church and, and he will begin to rule over all enemies. Jesus will rule from you through your life, from your home, from your fellowship, from your prayer, from your worship, from your following him. From there, he will rule over all of his enemies. He will use your perpetual gaze that is fixed at him to overcome his enemies. These are not your enemies, friends. This is his enemies. And the Bible says, from you, from Jerusalem, from here, he will extend his kingdom over all his enemies. Verse 3 says, when you go to war, your people will serve you willingly. How many of, you, how many of us are people of God here? 
How many of us are willingly going to fight for Jesus? Willingly going to run that race for Jesus? It says, when Jesus goes to war, His people will serve Him willingly. Jesus, it says, the Father is telling Jesus, you are arrayed in holy garments and your strength will be renewed each day like the morning dew. If my bridegroom's strength is renewed each day, and so will my strength be because I am connected to Jesus. He is the wine and I am the... Come on now. John 15 verse 1. Jesus said, I am the wine and you are the branch. It is not possible that the wine is becoming strong every day and the branch is becoming weaker every day. It's not possible. If you are connected to this Jesus, if your gaze is fixed at this Jesus, if you are following this Jesus, you will become stronger every passing day. Verse 4, it says, the Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. What is this oath? That you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The father is speaking to Jesus and he says, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And, and today you and I, we are a priest forever in the order of Jesus. We, we follow in his footsteps. And you and I, we have a priesthood, we have a ministry. And it's a perpetual ministry forever because of a relationship with Jesus. Verse 5, he says, The Lord stands at your right hand to protect you. He will strike down many kings when his anger erupts. This morning as we worshipped, as we are going to continue going back into worship, the anger of God is erupting. Do you believe that? The anger of God is erupting against your enemies. The anger of God is erupting against your challenges, your problems. The anger of God is erupting against the things that are fighting you. The next verse, verse it says, He will punish the nations and fill their lands with corpses. He will shatter heads over the whole earth. Every head of the enemy, every head of demons that are fighting your family, it will be shattered all over the world. Because the Bible says, He will punish the nations that stand against you. A thousand may come against you, and ten thousands may come against you, but they will not come near you. They will fall, they will not be able to reach you, because the father who is by the side of Jesus will will punish every enemy of Jesus and Jesus who has a relationship with you and I will help us overcome and experience victory over every nation every enemy that comes against the church verse 7 it says but he himself will be refreshed from brooks along the way he will be victorious somebody scream this out but i will be refreshed from brooks along the way and i will be victorious this is a prophecy about jesus but because you and i are attached to jesus because you and i are one with jesus you and i will be refreshed this week you and i will have our burdens carried up you and i will have rest you and I will have refreshing and you and I will walk in victory. Three things. Keep your eyes on. Come close to. Follow. If you do these three things, you will experience the gift of Jesus that God the Father gave for the church, for you and for me. Thank you for tuning in. We believe that you are blessed by the word. 
we would love for you to be our guest on any of the weekends on a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. or a Sunday morning service at 11 a.m. For more information, please visit our website dreamingrevival.com.